Let's ride. happening man no playing this ride the kid blackout back at it again hitting y'all with number 27 27 i feel like i'm doing something with my life i never thought i would make it this far doing this but i'm here so all i can do now is keep going a little side note though at some point i will be getting surgery on my shoulder and i don't know if it's going to jam me up from doing this but if it will I'll be sure to let y'all know so that if I drop off the face of the podcast world, you guys will know the reason why. But I think I'll still be able to finagle a way to do this shit. I don't really need uh, both my hands to do it. It's just real something real simple I could just do in the car. And I'll figure it out. If I got to go sit somewhere and park, that's what I'm going to do. I've done it before. But I just figured I'd let the world, well, the eight of y'all who listen to this, I figure I'll let y'all know just in case you guys got concerned or worried and or worried or worried whatever all right so i'm gonna go ahead and get on into it man crazy stories not really nothing crazy well actually there's one surprising story and then there's a couple of bullshit i'm gonna get to the bullshit stories real quick i'm gonna knock them out so apparently this woman was on a plane she was on a Delta flight. You know Delta stay in the news. So she was given an apple by a flight attendant. And she saved the apple because, you know, don't let's not waste food. But when she got off the plane, she was fined $500 by a customs agent. That's the world we live in, man. You couldn't let an apple go? An apple. You trying to find somebody $500 over a goddamn apple. And I understand when there's some rules and regulations as far as when you bring your shit into the country or you bring your stuff from outside, they don't want it to get up here, get up in, you know, the U.S. and fuck up the ecosystem or, the, or whatever. But, I mean, one apple, how much damage can one apple do? The amount of time you wasted trying to get this shit done can't even compare to the amount of media t- attention you gave your company over some bullshit. You couldn't just let that go. This person probably lost their goddamn job. Like, I was going to look into the story and dig into it and all that shit. But it's not worth it. Like, I'm going to give this exactly the amount of time that that person who tried to find this woman should have gave her over a damn apple. And with that, I'm done talking about that shit. See, that's exactly how much time they should have gave it. Also... The NRA is going to lose certain business partners or companies or friends in the industry, however you want to call it. There's some outdoor companies, namely Yeti, that are not going to fuck with the NRA no more. That's that mean that's it. That's real. It's real simple. The NRA has this image of around them that they support these politicians with these agendas, and right now nobody wants to get next to that man. And, and I feel them. I mean, I feel like they're probably going to lose more customers 
than they would have saved, but that's their decision to make, and people are getting mad, like, oh, Yeti, I'm not going to buy no more of their shit. Well, you already bought something. They already kind of got you once. The NRA ain't going to do shit for you. That, that's, what, that's what I don't understand. So say if a, if a, uh, a company or a top person in that company puts out a philosophy or energy or has a, an incident or something that's fucked up and reflects badly on their leadership as, you know, as, the, as a whole company, like it resonates, a fucked up attitude that resonates with the whole country, not country, but company, that I get. No, we're not, we not doing that. we not fuck with you. I'm not going to buy your stuff. I'm boycotting whatever. I'm going to choose your competitor over you. Cool. But when there's two companies going at it, to me, that doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. The Yeti company is making a conscious decision to not stand next to an organization that they feel like has made themselves look bad in the media. So they're making a decision to split from them and not do business. Cool. I hear pe- I see, not here. I see people on Facebook saying, I'm never going to buy their shit again. Whatever. Like, come on, man. It's not that serious. Like, the company is just doing what's best for them business-wise. You're not that important to the company. Like, I don't think you're going to get a whole mass amount of people that do the outdoor shit to not go buy Yeti products because of their relationship with the NRA. I just don't see it. Yeti was a top company for a reason. So if you're willing to deny yourself a quality product, that's on you. I just don't see why anybody would do that over a dispute between two companies. Like, if you that hard up for the NRA, okay, I don't know what you get out of the NRA. I'm not a part of it. They must do something for you somehow. They must be willing to represent you if you shoot somebody for the way people are going hard for them. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody's coming to take your guns. You guys can relax. Just chill, man. Just chill. It ain't that serious, man. The NRA ain't going nowhere. There's too many motherfuckers like y'all in the country standing up for crazy shit to get the NRA out of here. But that that's just my take on that, man. Keep enjoying your life. Don't You can't shut shit down because of something a company does towards another company. It, it doesn't make sense. Now, if it's the coolest monkey in the jungle shit, I understand, like saying fuck H&M, because that was something offensive somebody said. or That was something offensive a company did. It wasn't like NRA came out and said something. They showed support for some shit I wouldn't agree with, but they don't really support they don't really provide like a, a good or service like that to me. And to, I want to say, I want to say they're not, they're not like an organization that's going to have like a store that you have to go frequent or buy stuff like regular goods and services, right? It's more of an organization like, hey, they may have some little perks, but I don't think it's like, hey, we got to come to our store and see us. I think it's more of a like we're an organizational group and we take care of X, Y, and Z. I don't think of them as a store. Well, I'm not going to buy nothing from you, whatever. Now, the other company is, I just I just don't see how it would make sense to not buy from one because of their relationship with, it, with the other. When one's an actual company that has goods and products and one is an organization, it just doesn't add up for me. And maybe I'm speaking unintelligently about this shit, but oh well, man, fuck it. It's dumb, in my opinion, in short. For the next little bit of news, Apparently, on a, a somewhat sad day, during Barbara Bush's uh, funeral, 
cameras caught Barack Obama sitting next to Melania Trump. And apparently he made her smile. So it started to trend on Twitter, like make Melania smile again because people were saying this is like the first time she smiled in like a year and a half or some crazy shit like that. And there's a part of me that feels like, man, that's fucked up. That's that man's wife. And then I remember all the horrible things that were said about Barack Obama's wife. And I completely forget about all that shit. So for me personally, I think this is great. I mean, given all the accusations that have coming out about her husband, I wouldn't really expect her to be that happy anyway. It may just be me. But I mean, with your whole private life being out in the spotlight like that, with all this negativity, with all these women saying all these things about your husband, and then with his documented past, it has to be a little overwhelming. And then, and then if you think about who she's surrounded by all the time, with that group of people, she's probably surrounded by the same type of people all the goddamn time. Same people who think the same way, repeat the same things to appease her husband and the, and the people around her husband. And then anybody else she talks to, she doesn't know what the intentions are. They're trying to catch her saying something so they can exploit what she said to hurt her husband. Now, 100%, I don't know this woman's day-to-day -day life, and neither do I care to. But this, I'll say, is probably one of the first genuine interactions she's probably had with somebody in a while because what do the Obamas have to gain from sparking controversy from Melania Trump, right? They're... Both Obama and Trump, those names are buzzwords and will be for the foreseeable future. So any conversation they have, I'm pretty sure, you know, they've been in those same in those same positions. So that's probably one of the most easygoing conversations she had, even though it was at a funeral for one of a past president's wife, a former first lady. I see it as that's probably the most at ease she's felt talking to somebody in a, I'll say, semi-public setting in a long time because those those two people have nothing to gain. Now, do I think they're making a big deal out of it, you know, media-wise? Yeah. But is it funny? Is it funny that people are saying make Melania smile again? Absolutely. At least that's an original slogan, unlike Make America Great Again, which was stolen from the Ronald Reagan um, presidency, you know, the crazy thing with Ronald Reagan. is He's talking about Make America Great Again when he okayed the funding of the Contras via the drug trade that went through the U.S. while his wife was simultaneously telling people to just say no to drugs. I'm just saying. I'm just giving you a little bit of background. But I do think it's funny. I do think it's ironic that she happened to be sitting right next to him. And maybe that's how it goes when the first lady dies. I don't know. I really don't give a shit. But rest in peace, Barbara Bush, anyway. May your family be well. Your husband looks bad. I don't know what they're going to do for him. I think... Uh, George H.W. Bush is going to be out of here pretty soon given how he's looking anyway. So the Bush family is probably going to get hit really, really hard. And I don't want to sound cold, but let's not get it fucked up. Just because the majority of people don't like the, the current asshole that's in power right now don't mean I'm forgiving shit from that Bush uh, presidency. Not at all. I'm still pissed about a lot of shit that went down Ain't no passes over here. All that he make Bush look good. No, the fuck he don't. Bush was an asshole in his own right. We're not giving nobody no passes over here. 
that that's just that's just me, man. I, I gotta, yeah, I'm all for that. But I will say something positive about the Trump presidency right now. Um, apparently, North Korea is going to shut down this nuclear program. I think they're shutting down the main site, like in May, and that's a win. Regardless how you feel about this cat, he's saying that he 100% has something to do with it. I would say likely he did. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the North Korean uh, overseer, overlord, master, whatever you want to call him. Maybe he's tired of the negative publicity his country's been getting. And I want to say the Olympics probably opened his eyes to a lot of shit. Somebody probably gave that motherfucker an iPhone. And he was like, man, I'm fucking up. Let me open up. Let me change. Let us not be left behind. Let's be a part of the rest of the world. I really hope that this is where this is going. Because if not, it's pointless. So America, if really involved, which I want to believe we're involved, we need to make sure that we don't somehow fuck this up. That nothing's done to, to reverse this whole process and that nobody walks away from the table unhappy. But if Mr. Trump has something to do with this, kudos, congratulations. You, you put your notch in the belt for your presidency. You can forget that stupid wall talk now. Your legacy is somewhat cemented. All you got to do is not fuck up for the rest of the time that you're president and ride this shit out. And you'll be good. No more scandals, no more bullshit. Unless this Russia shit happens to be true, then, well, see you later, bye. But if you can make this your, your shining moment and don't fuck up after this, then you should be golden, bro. You should be golden. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and move on to sports because my battery is showing that it's low. And I don't want to lose all this shit, even with all my mistakes. I don't want to lose it and have to do this shit all over again. So, I'm going to jump right into this NFL draft, man. As a Jaguars slash Bears fan, I like the picks. I think both teams did what they could to fill the holes. I like the Jags picking up that defensive tackle. I know everybody, everybody from Florida, any Florida State fan would have wanted Derwin James. I think that they're kind of set at in the secondary right now as far as what they want. So I'm not mad at them picking up the dude from Florida who apparently is a beast to beef up that rotation of defensive uh, linemen. I think that's fucking fantastic. I know people like you got to plug in holes and you got to you got to build up where you're weak, but sometimes, bro, you got to keep your strength strong. Sometimes you got to keep your strength strong because if that falls off, you never know. The defensive line played well, so who knows what can happen in a season or two? Maybe those guys end up going to get they go somewhere else to get extra money. So you want to get some of those same type of guys to come fill in those roles, and then you get the a, a good talent like that. Um. Like the deep, I forgot his fucking name. You get a good, you get a good talent like that, and you get him there early and let him develop in that system. So if somebody leaves, you can just replace them. Think New England Patriots. It seems like they pick the same few positions every goddamn year. So just just think of it like that. If you're a Jags fan, you didn't like that. I like the Bears getting um Roquan from Georgia. I feel like in that organization, you need strong linebackers. You got to get them in there. I like them getting the receivers to go with the, the guys they just picked up. They just got the um, former Jaguar receiver, Allen Robinson, as well, too. 
So I like everything they were doing. I don't think either team was looking for the home run, knock them out the park like I'm going to get the sexy pick. They all did shit to improve the fucking team. And yes, some of them did fill gaps, but they also built upon strengths that they already had, and I think that's excellent. That's I think that's how you build a winning culture because you can continue you can continuously chase and try to get the home run draft pick and end up assed out like the fucking Cleveland Browns. Now, I got a little bit of love for the Browns because my father is from Ohio. That's his team. Do I think Baker Mayfield was the right pick? I don't know. Me, personally, I might have went with um with Rosen, who was pissed, by the way. That boy Josh Rosen was hot. That motherfucker said there were nine mistakes made ahead of me. He wanted to be number one. Now, I know this kid has an athletic background. He also has a wealthy background, so people think he's a spoiled little asshole, and I get that. But what I'm going to say is this. I want a competitor like that on my team. I want my QB to have some dog in him. So if he was a guy that's willing to go to a team that nobody fucking seems to want to fucking want to go to, that's the guy you want. That's the guy who's going to win you football games. And I could be wrong. He could go to Arizona, which I think he landed in a fantastic spot for him, having Larry Fitzgerald there and the coach. They got a new coach coming in. But what that team has going, I think that's a great spot. You got warm weather. It's going to be hot. But it's going to be better than being fucking cold. I think he landed in a great spot. I think that team has a better infrastructure than what Cleveland has going on. But for him to even say that after going to that team, I think it's fucking great. He's a football player. You got to have a little asshole in you, a little bit of competitive spirit in there if you want to play football, especially if you're going to play for my goddamn team. That's just how I feel. Like, I want you to have that dog in you. You ready to go out there and bust heads and get it. And that, to me, from him, I like it. I'm sorry. I like it. You, you just got drafted with a bunch of other quarterbacks, and you want to fucking destroy them all. Good on you. Now all you got to do is back that shit up. And if you're willing to get in there and back that shit up, hats off to you, brother. Go ahead in there, do your job, and lead that team to the fucking Super Bowl. And that's how a lot of these kids are talking like, hey, I'm ready to go win championships. You want that. Hopefully they achieve their dreams if they somehow get traded to the Jags or the Bears. If not, fuck them, I hope they crash and burn. Except maybe Baker Mayfield, because he's, he's got that shit in him too. So we'll see. I hope the Browns do well for my father's sake. But at the end of the day, eh, you know, if they play my team, I need them to take the L. Sorry, Pops. You'll be all right, though. What else happened? Oh, with the draft, um, I feel like Miami missed on uh, Lamar Jackson. And, yes, I say that because he's a Floridian. I'm thinking about ticket sales. I'm thinking about their current quarterback situation, which I may not be too up to speed on. Now, I believe they have Tannehill and they have Cutler. I'm not saying you could throw them both in the garbage, but I'm just saying, as a Bears fan, be ready for Cutler to disappoint you. And I know he had a bunch of different uh, coordinators and head coaches and, and systems come in there, but his temperament, the way he treats people, just things I've heard about this guy make me feel like he's an asshole. And everybody don't want to play for somebody who's an asshole to their teammates as well. I'm just saying these are things I've heard from people who've actually met him and just how he's treated people in the Chicago area. That's what I got to go on. And Tannehill has been injured. Like, I think he tore his ACL twice, once or twice, but 
I'm just saying, think about with the young team they have down there. If you get an athlete like Lamar Jackson in South Florida, being excited and playing football the way he does, I'm thinking about your ticket sales, baby. Come on. you Try him out. I'm just saying, I think they could have tried it. Now I know people like RG3 got guys scared of drafting QBs like that who could go out there and potentially get hurt. I got that. But I don't think you have to start him immediately. I think that you get a guy like that and you develop him like a season or two. Maybe you bring him in for a package or something. Just let him get his feet wet and see how he does because I feel like it could pay massive dividends in the long run. The first two seasons, you make sure you get his pocket shit down. If the organization can wait, then after that, you put him out there and let him see what he could do. That's just me. With that electrifying speed, I just, I had it pictured so clearly in my brain. Even though I'm not a, like a Dolphins fan, I would have loved to. I would love to see that man. I would love to see it. Somebody from the state of Florida come back and play there and then shine. That's dope. I think it would have been big for him and his family. I think it would have been good for the organization down there. And you need something different. I feel like in that division, because the Bills, like the other teams up there, are building themselves to to defeat Tom Brady if they're smart. If you bring a totally different dynamic to the division, I mean, hey, you got a leg up and you got time. Because one thing, you know, you can't, can't, can't teach speed. And I just feel like he was like one and two. Matter of fact, I say he's number one, most dynamic player in the draft this year. Over Saquon Barkley, who I think is going to be phenomenal. But I feel like Lamar Jackson was the more dynamic pick. Because, you know, of his ability to throw and run the ball. But we'll see what happens, man. He's, go, he's going to Baltimore. I think he was like the last, one of the last picks of the first round. Him up there with Flacco, he's got time to learn. Got time to be embraced by the city. So we'll see. It may work out for him, but I'm not sure. I would have rather seen him in Miami. And I just I wish so bad that the Jags, the Bucks, and the Dolphins played each other every year. And we had like a state rivalry. But I know it's national football. Whatever, but I still think that'd be dope. I see Jameis go head to head with Lamar Jackson, and then them go, them go head to head with Blake, and you got Jalen Ramsey and all that shit. I just think it would be a good, a good uh, deal for the state of Florida to have those three teams battle it out while in state. But that's just me. And I didn't really, I didn't really watch the draft too close. I watched a little bit of it, and from what I saw, my teams were getting the meat and potatoes picks. I don't know if the Cowboys cleaned up their mess at all with them. Um, they let go of Dez, and then Jason went and retired on them. <laughs> I do know that David Akers went out there and gave him a little bit when he when he was talking about uh, the Eagles draft pick. He kind of went out there and shit on Dallas because, uh, you know, what they did last year. I think it's really smart of the NFL to do it like that. You go from one city, and then you go to their, like, one of their most hated rival teams. I think that was – Excellent planning on the part of the NFL. Get a little bit more participation that way. So good job to you, fuckface Roger Godell, because that's how I feel about you. That's it for, no, 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 no. NBA playoffs. Game seven today, Indiana, Cleveland. LeBron James, LeBron James. He did what he needed to do. Like I said in the first one of these I did about the playoffs, in order for them to win those games, 
he's going to have to score 40. I think he scored about 40 in every game they won. I don't know if it's if he's going to be able to continue that. But I will say this. You got to be careful in your personal life. Well, I say I have to be more careful in my personal life about my little arguments and debates with people online because it leaks into my home life with me watching sports because a, a part of me was like, damn, if LeBron James loses, I could talk a whole bunch of shit today. Then the other side of me is like, I don't really want LeBron James to lose because I want to see him go throughout the playoffs. Like, I'm almost letting people pit me against an athlete that I like because of a completely different discussion. So I have to check myself. But about today's game, I will say that they won this game because of Tristan Thompson. And I'm not going to dis- I'm not going to discredit LeBron and his damn near triple-double and his 40-something points. I'm just going to say this. When Tristan Thompson came out there, I think he shocked the shit out of the fucking paces. He came out there. He set the tone. He played with energy. He made plays. I think within the first eight minutes of the first quarter, a guy who's barely played, who may not have played 10 minutes in the whole playoffs, he had 6.6 rebounds and like an assist in like the first six or seven minutes. And that is fucking huge in the playoffs. When you're at home in game seven and you come out there set the tone like, listen, motherfucker, I know I haven't playing. I know people talking shit about me on the internet right now. But you are not about to take these playoffs away from me. And I'm a champion. I've been sitting on a fucking bench while some other guys been in my spot. Oh, no. Not today. Tristan Thompson came out there full beast mode. Full beast mode. And he changed the whole mood of the series with him coming out with that energy. They weren't they weren't able to do shit. Miles Turner was, for the most part, ineffective today. Completely ineffective today. He got destroyed by Tristan Thompson. If you look at it from an effect on the game standpoint. And that's just, I guess it just comes with veterans experience in the playoffs. I'll say that. And then the thing that I think it threw me off. Now, Sabonis and um, Bogdanovich, they did not score as many points today. But Darren Collison had like 21 points. And for me, I think that kind of fucked it up for Indiana. And this is not taking away nothing from Cleveland at all because they actually attempted a couple of two-point field goals today. Kudos. And Kevin Love was knocking down threes and shit today. He was playing really fucking hard. But I think with Darren Collison being aggressive and going to the rack and getting those 21 buckets, I think it kind of took something away from the other guys on the team. Now, Sabonis has been getting fed the ball. And Bogdanovich has been getting fed the ball. I don't think that either one of them were really able to get started, partially because of the disruption that Tristan Thompson caused. And on the other side of that is because Lance Stevenson didn't play as much this game. And he usually, I mean, he goes out there and does his Lance shit and gets buckets, but he's good for passing the ball. Darren Collison didn't distribute the ball as much this game. And while it's good that he's aggressive, I think that he kind of took something away from the groove of the team by not distributing the ball more to two guys who can get you buckets on open looks. I don't think they ever got started. I don't think they took enough shots today. Maybe because they fell behind early. 
and they had to, and they not had to, but then they decided to go away from their game plan. I don't know. Why it looked good to watching it, looking back, it's like, man, they never really got started with their shit. Because Oladipo was getting doubled a lot. And there were, you know, there were chances for Sabonis especially to knock down some shots. And Sabonis and uh, Bogdanovich as well, they didn't hit him. But I feel like they, they still should have took more shots. I don't like Darren Collison taking that many shots in this situation. I like him moving the ball, driving, penetrating, and then dishing the ball out. Me personally, but hey, I don't play professional basketball. I'm not a coach. I'm just saying for me watching this whole series, that's what worked for Indiana. And I don't think in the time where you get where you're getting shocked by the other team, I don't really think it's a time for you to go out of your system and what's been working consistently for you. I'm just saying, I guess they can think about this shit while they're at home because you're not going to stop LeBron. That's what you're not going to do. When he's in the scores mentality, you're not going to stop him. So Tristan Thomas came out there, shook shit up. LeBron got shit done. Kyle Corbin hit a couple. Kevin Love stepped up. But if you ask me, the two standout players for the, for the Cavs were uh, LeBron and Tristan Thomas. And the other thing is we're going to find out just how important two players are. That being Ricky Rubio and uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry's not playing, I think, in, this, in game two. And Ricky Rubio, he's out for whoever knows how long. Now, I think unless something happens since I left the house, I'm pretty sure Houston is going to watch Utah probably four games in a row. Because with um, their ability to, to shoot outside, I think it's going to kind of neutralize Gobert. He may be useless because he's going to have Clint Capella down there getting on the boards with him, playing defense as well. And with them not having Ricky Rubio, a lot of the ball handling is probably going to go through Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know if he's a good enough distributor to pass the ball around. Now, I know if he, they need 25, he can get him 25. But this time he's going to have to deal with people like Chris Paul, and it's going to go both ways. I, I'm just not, I'm not confident that Utah is going to win more than one game in this series. I don't think they're going to win any. But we have to wait and see. And as far as um, the Pelicans and the Warriors, I still got the Warriors winning. I think it'll be a little bit more difficult than people anticipate because of the beast that Anthony Davis is. And with Rondo being there with his playoff experience and Drew Holiday being there not fucking off, I think it's going to be a lot harder road than, they, than people anticipate for them as far as going to the finals. Who the fuck blew that horn? Anyway. I think we're in for a good playoffs. In the East, I don't know. I think I think that Cleveland's going to run through Toronto, personally. Now, unless Kyle Lowry's out there just destroying shit, I feel like Cleveland's going to run through Toronto. I feel like they match up better with better with them than they did Indiana. I feel like uh, JR can slow down DeRozan, who I love as a player, by the way. And I think Ibaka and Tristan Thompson kind of cancel, cancel each other out. I think Love is going to stretch the four. LeBron's going to LeBron. I feel like the bench will step up this series after seeing that they can trust in LeBron to carry them. I think they'll relax a little bit. And I want I want the team to do well. There's former Lakers on that team. I love Larry Nance Jr. I love Jordan Clarkson. I want them to do well. I think they'll relax in this next um in this next series. I think they'll be tired, but I'll, they'll figure it out. They'll, they'll figure it out, and they'll figure out a way to win. They got three former champions on the squad. They know how to get shit done. They'll get through it. 
Now, as far as Boston and Philly, I feel like that series is going to be amazing. I'm sad that Kyrie's not there for it, but the way Boston's been playing, and I fucking told y'all, I told y'all Rozier was not fucking off. I told you Rozier ain't fucking off. And all that Bledsoe, I don't know who he is. I bet you know who the fuck he is now. That boy put up 26 on your ass and sent you the fuck home. I bet you know who he is now. Stupid shit. Have fun at home watching the game, Eric Bledsoe. That was just a ridiculous statement to make about a fellow pro. You ain't at that level yet. You got to be LeBron, KD, Steph level, Chris Paul, Kobe level to, to say some shit like that about another player. He's starting in the playoffs, and he's doing well. Have a seat. Enjoy watching the rest of the playoffs from the crib. You're the donkey of the playoffs right now. I'm interested to see what happens in this series, though. Now, I think ideally, because of my low-key hate for the Celtics, you would love to, I, I would love to see Philly and Cleveland in the conference finals, where I, again, feel like Cleveland will come out on top because LeBron is LeBron. They have no answer for LeBron in Philadelphia. And I know they beat them in the regular season, but this is playoff basketball. This is some different shit. This is some completely different shit. When you get to the playoffs, people, this shit gets real. This is where people make their money. Like Thaddeus Young, if he's up for a contract extension, he's made some money. Rozier, he just made some money. If he can be consistent, Bogdanovich made some fucking money. Sabonis just made some money. Victor Oladipo, he made some goddamn money. They're going to have to pay him next go-round. But like I said, we'll see. And I Because I, I want to see the rematch in the finals. The, the, the Cavs and the Warriors, I want I wanted to go back to that. Just because of the storyline. Make the rivalry great, baby. Let's do it. I want to see it. But hey, I don't like change. All right, so on to the music, man. Real quick, I want to give a big ups to North Carolina. North Carolina is overlooked as a uh, as a haven for dope rap artists. So I'm gonna give you a quick rundown. Just a few acts, not a lot of people, just a couple people that are extremely dope. So you have Fonte, rapper Big Pooh, Knife Wonder, all three from the group Little Brother. So you have Fonte, who's who's got this. Jedi-like lyrical wisdom. He says everything in plain English you can understand. But the content behind it and the context of it is so dope and so different that it just catches you. I didn't realize how dope he was until I listened to like two Little Brother albums. And he's really dope. And his latest album just came out. And I I, I think it's really good too. I, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. If you look up Fonte, it's P-H-O-N-T-E. It's a dope album, man. It's really good. I said it on here before. I just forgot. I think it's No News is Good News, I think, is the title of the album. I'm not sure. But check it out. It's really dope. So you got him. You got rapper, rapper Big Pooh who puts out good music. Now, he's not quite Fonte level, but he's still really dope. I think it's worth checking out. And then you, of course, have Knife Wonder, who's the producer extraordinaire and then you also have Rhapsody who's super dope and I was talking about her on the last podcast I feel like it's crazy to me that more women don't gravitate towards Rhapsody if you all to talk about Cardi B and all that shit but you and you hear all the talk about Nicki Minaj 
but you never hear about Rhapsody, and it hurts my feelings because she's so dope. And she's an artist like, my daughter can listen to her. My daughter's not, she's, I don't want her to listen to Cardi. I don't want her to listen to Nicki. But Rhapsody, that's the one my daughter can listen to. The rest of them, you got to give them the fuck out of here. But Rhapsody, by far, that's the one. And J. Cole, from Fayetteville. Like, J. Cole is J. Cole. He's dropped K.O.D. It's a fucking great album. Boom. That's North Carolina. Doesn't get they love, man. And not to mention, man, P.D. fucking pop. I'm just fucking with you. I'm not going to saddle y'all with P.D. Pablo. He had two songs when he was out of here. That, that North Carolina shit was dope. That shit was dope. And Freak the Leak was cool. But after that, P.D. PD was a rap. He was, he was done for. Wish him the best. But for me, it's the little brother group as a collector, Fonte, Big Pooh, Ninth Wonder, Rhapsody, and J. Cole, man. Give North Carolina their respect. And there's probably somebody from there who I completely forgot. But North Carolina's been holding it down for a long time. Keeping with music, man. <laughs> Y'all miss the old Kanye? We miss the old Kanye, right? The old Kanye is the new Kanye, which is the future Kanye, which is the past Kanye, which is the present Kanye. Kanye been Kanye since Kanye been Kanye, if that makes any sense. This guy ain't changed, man. Kanye West ain't changed. Did he come out and do the Trump shit and say, make America great again? Yes, he did. But they've been friends. They're both, I dare to say they're both sociopaths. They both have huge egos. They both have lots of money. They're both very successful. It makes sense that they would be cool. They both just say things without thinking about the consequences. Now, with Kanye letting these tweets out and retweeting this girl whose name I'm going to mention, he, he knows he's going to have to answer for this shit. And he knows he has music coming. He's already put out that he has music coming out soon. Now, everybody's saying, yeah, he got an album coming out. I even said it, but I didn't think about it. Like, there's no way this could be seen as a positive PR move for a black artist, especially a rap artist, to have an album coming out and then align yourself with Donald Trump. That's not what you want to do if you want people to actually fucking buy your music. Now, I know you're Kanye West, and you're super dope, and you're legendary, but it's, to me, that's not a calculated move or somebody who's looking to sell a bunch of records. That's why I feel like it was just something genuine he did. Now, he's fully aware of the repercussions of him saying this. Fully aware. And he actually put out a song about it. It's like, Gay vs. The People starring T.I. as The People, where I guess him and Tip basically had a conversation about the shit he did. And it's a genius move once again. You make a song explaining yourself. And you put it out. So he responded. And if you haven't listened to the song, maybe you should. But if you don't want to give him any shine, then don't. Fuck it. But if you want to hear the explanation behind the tweet, you're probably going to have to listen to the song. And if it was me, if I was him, I wouldn't put it out. I wouldn't go on interview and even respond to it. I'd be like, you want to know how I feel? And why I did what I did, listen to the song. So I could be wrong. There could be some genius behind what he did. Who knows? But this this is nothing new. Their relationship is, I don't feel like it's nothing new. He was there at the Trump Towers with 
with uh, with uh, Kanye. And then if you look back at the the crazy video he did when they had all the people in the bed butt naked, it was all the wax figures in the bed naked together. Trump was it one of the people there. So their relationship to me is is nothing new. Like I'm not shocked at this point at nothing he does. That's what he does. He got killed probably even worse for fucking with Kim Kardashian. But you know what Kanye West did? He went on with his fucking life. And it just confuses me when we we praise people for being unconventional thinkers, for breaking the mold, thinking outside the box. And then the minute their thoughts don't agree with what we feel like the narrative should be, we, we try to destroy them, we try to crush them. Like, oh, you ain't shit. And I 100% understand with what he did, how people would feel that way. I'm just not willing to jump on that bandwagon and ride with it. I feel like this. A man has a right to his opinion. And a man that's willing to stand by his opinion, that's some, that's some shit I got to respect, man. He didn't just say it and crawl into a hole. He didn't just say it and not mention it and, and try to and try to shield it. He said it and he doubled down on it. Do I agree with what he, what he said? Absolutely not. I would never stand next to that motherfucker. Never, ever. But I respect the fact that he stood by what he feels is his friend. And when somebody, when he was challenged on it, he owned up to it. He didn't say he got hacked. I mean, he couldn't really. A man that stands by his word, whether or not you agree with it, I feel like you got to respect that. That's just me. Do I like it? No. But uh, we, when you're dealing with Kanye, fam, it is what it is. Because nobody's going to make him change his ways. He's going to do what the fuck he wants to do. Because that's how he's been successful his whole life. So if you want the old Kanye, this is the old Kanye. That's all I got on that subject. Real quick, um, Bill Cosby found guilty. I don't know how much time he's going to serve. If he did it, he should be caught. Whatever. I had a joke already. I'm not going to say it. I probably will say it. <laughs> but if I say it, I'm going to fuck it up. It, it just was like, it just hit me. I'm like, Bill Cosby is the only man that can be minding his business, walking through his court date, and a woman could run out topless. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't even, I was going to, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. They tackled Shorty in the bushes. And apparently she was somebody who used to be on his show. I, I just don't understand. All this time, I didn't even know they could still get him with that. I figured the statute of limitations would have taken that away. I could be wrong. Hopefully it doesn't exist for shit like that. But then, you know what, I, like I know, I'm not going to contradict myself. I do feel like that. Like, no, if you felt this way 30-some-odd years ago, yeah, this is on you. If you're victim number one, every victim afterwards is on you. So, yeah, I feel like there should be a statute of limitations on it, unless it's done to a child. And if it's an adult, uh, a fully functioning adult, and you didn't say nothing, you got to wear that. I'm sorry. It's cold. But I feel like you got to wear that. Like, that's on you. Because you're responsible for every victim after you. I've said it a thousand times. I don't even think he should be going to jail. I mean, I don't know what's good it's going to do. He's got probably billions of dollars at this point. He's only going to do 60, 90 days. His health, his health is so fucked up. 
it's probably going to cost him a shit ton of money to keep him healthy while he's in there, and he's probably going to be in there under special conditions. So it's almost pointless to send him to jail. When you're dealing with people like this, if everything they're saying is true, it's like, don't worry about jail. Seize their assets. Take all that goddamn money away. Take it all away. And then you donate it to the causes of the affected people. So if it's child molestation, if it's rape victims, if it's battered women, if it's a hate crime, I feel like you should seize the assets and then donate all their money from those assets to the group of people they affected. And that's how I feel like you'll stop this shit in Hollywood or wherever crazy shit like this happens. Jail time is cool. You give them, you give them some jail time. That's cool. That's cool. But if you start seizing them assets and now they got to figure out how their family's going to eat, especially if they're the figurehead, that's something to think about. Because if I'm rich, you're like, oh, you're going to spend some time in jail. But I got this lawyer over here that's going to get that jail time flip. I ain't really worried about that shit. But if it's like, no, if you found guilty of this, we taking all your assets and we're donating your money. Good, good luck feeding your fucking family. Okay, now I got something to think about. Because not only am I going to jail, but now they're taking all my fucking money. And I'm not getting it back. And uh, yeah, that's just how, that's, I'm, I'm off it. I'm not talking about that shit no more. Because it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and shut this shit down, man. Hey, I got merch. I'm going to keep saying it until people buy t-shirts. And then tag me wearing said t-shirts. Send it to me on Twitter. Put it on the Facebook page. Email it to me. Do something. But it's no playing this ride at threatless.com. There's t-shirts. You can get mugs. You can get like a notepad. And one shirt is the no playing this ride podcast logo. Then the other one is just something I had designed. It's called assume guilty. I feel like at some point, somebody's been assumed guilty. This can resonate with anybody in the world. Right? I think it's a dope shirt. Check them all out. No playing this ride. Once again, you can always reach me. At no playing this ride at gmail.com, all lowercase, no playing this ride.gmail.com. Then I'm on Twitter at no play 247, capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L A Y, 247 at Twitter. No play 247. Y'all can tell by the way I said it, I almost fucked it up. But that's it, man. Y'all be good. Oh, I'm, I may start doing YouTube videos. I already have the YouTube channel, by the way, low playing this ride podcast youtube channel and right now there's like nothing there's no video content there the podcast is there so if you want to go check out the podcast via youtube you could definitely go do it there you can listen to it there while you're at work and then share that shit to everybody you know so they can listen to it and they can share it and all that good shit which you should definitely do but i may start doing like a little video series where i take a topic that i may have talked about before but then I just talk about one topic. And it may be something I've spoken on before. And maybe something completely different that I just wanted to touch on. But I may just do short little videos and then put them shits on YouTube. And I'm going to try to keep them short. But who knows? It's going to go where it's going to go. It's just going to be me running my mouth like I do now. Just with a video. That's it. But I'll let y'all know for sure. Or you can just go to No Playing This Ride Podcast on YouTube. And see for yourself. If you subscribe. But yeah, that's it, man. Be better tomorrow than you were today. Learn something tomorrow you didn't learn today. Just make the world great again to improve upon a shitty slogan. Make the world great again. That's what we're going to make the world great again. We're not just going to focus on America because 
with all this technology, we got the ability and the reach to, to make the world improve. So let's make the world great again. And let's make Melania smile again. And let's not wear dumbass hats. And with that, peace, love, later.